Hello and welcome to The Dialogues, the interview series about people with type 1 diabetes, for people with type 1 diabetes and with people with type 1 diabetes, where we talk to you, your doctors, nurses, nutritionists, CGM experts, entrepreneurs and pretty much anyone with interesting perspectives and insights in the world of type 1 diabetes. Make sure you subscribe and make sure you give us feedback and let us know what you want to know. We're brought to you by Not Just a Patch, the patch designed to keep your CGM stuck on you. Not Just a Patch gives 10% of all profits to support insulin access for all. Visit notjustapatch.com and use the code PODCAST10 to get 10% off your next order. Enjoy the episode, everyone. Jack Avedic, thanks for joining us in the dialogues, man. Great to be here, Pete. Uh, thanks for having me. <laughs> Great backdrop. Thanks. Yeah, well, it's not raining in Melbourne right now, so I thought I'd get out in the, the not-so-sunny sunshine. Can you, actually, can you pan around at all? What's, what's, to, the le- what's to our left? Is that you're left? right. You're right. Yeah, that's left. Okay. <laughs> all right, I'm just picking up the laptop. Yeah. And so we are on top of Mount Dandenong, looking out over the well, cloud. Yeah, that, that's stunning but it's a gorgeous little place to be isolating. Yeah, man, that's fantastic. Uh, you're a lucky guy. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, thanks for joining us in the dialogue. I mean, you and I had a bit of a chat last week and like we just talked for like an hour, it felt like. So that was, that was, that was really fun. And I learned a lot about you. So um, why don't we jump in? Because you've got a really interesting diabetes story. You want to start there? You want to kind of start from the beginning we're going to jump into your family stuff because that's great. But let's um, tell, tell us about your diabetes story from the start. All right. Uh, let's go back to when I was 16. I had no clue what diabetes was, one or two. I guess I was a clueless 16-year-old running around the schoolyard. And then my sister became sick, super thirsty, urinated a lot, um, migraines, couldn't sleep. And I think we went on that diabetic journey through her, and yeah. which is... She's a super optimistic little sister and we, we all as a family gathered around her and uh, learnt everything we could know about diabetes. I think we had a very soft introduction. They made all the doctors and specialists that we saw at that time said, yeah, look, you can live your full life and manage it. You just can't be an astronaut or go on the front line of a war. And my yeah. sister's like, great, wasn't planning. And so for me, um, I guess if you've ever heard of the analogy speaking french when you learn the ins and outs of diabetes so we got we all learned how to speak french and then six months later i became very thirsty tired and um picking up on those signs so i come came home after school one day i'm like mum i think i have diabetes and i'm a bit of a prankster so no one believes me until we use my sister's blood glucose reader and i was 15 so self-diagnosed so your sister was first? My sister was first. So Yeah, how old was she? She would have been 10. Okay. And six months later? Six wow. months later, uh, something definitely went through this household. So six months later, I got it. And being a bigger brother, I had to sort of um, well, be the bigger brother and yeah. feed into optimism. I just tried to handle it as best I could, as well as like, Going back to that weak introduction of in the hospital, I already spoke French. It was a breeze for me. So I had a 
completely different paradigm to everyone else who gets diagnosed and feels isolated. Here I was partnering up with my sister yeah. going, great, let's do this together. How was your sister's reaction? She was at an age, a 10 year old in primary school who really wanted attention and this was her differentiation tool. So she found it <laughs> as a positive spin <laughs> on life. Yeah, that's great. And I, as a big brother, I took that away from her. <laughs> so, I think we all have that a little bit, actually. Don't, like, I think, I think, I, I don't know about you, but I sometimes am a little bit proud of having that little differentiator. Weirdly, like it's you know, it's not something you necessarily want, but like I guess you make the best of it, right? Yeah, definitely. Like you may as well. People, some people hate the idea that it takes over your identity, and I don't think so. I think it adds to your identity. Yeah. And I'm not ashamed of saying that I'm a type one diabetic. A great icebreaker if you're ever in a conversation with strangers or you just want to say <laughs> no to some fairy floss so um yeah the the family the family i guess introduction or the diabetic story doesn't end there i'll quickly go through yeah. the rest of the family yeah 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 fascinating story man so i am the eldest of four kids and um uh, so i've got three younger sisters my uh, middle sister got it first then I got it. And then one day my little sister was cracking it because we were eating ice cream early after dinner because we were both hypoing. And she stormed yeah. off saying, I wish I had diabetes. Careful what you wish for. Really? Like a yeah, week no. later, she had the no symptoms way. and got diagnosed. So that was six months after me. And how old was she then? She must have been seven or eight. Okay. Yeah. And then. We're all at the dinner table again, and my dad just puts his fist to the table saying, look, if I had diabetes, I'd manage it much better than you three. And he got it a week later. So karma is real. A week later. So hang on. So you were six months later, and then your uh, younger sister was another six months later. So there's three of you within a year. And then your dad was a week later. So dad got more and more, like roughly a couple of months later. We didn't really memorize yeah, when yeah. our diagnosis is but we're talking what we're talking so what's that one two three four of you within a year and a half two years yeah within two years four of us so that's a family of six the majority had type 1 diabetes um we got genetically tested the royal children's hospital in melbourne uh that specialize in it and um yeah it turned out that we were all carriers of the gene did you know okay. except my other sister can get it wasn't triggered okay and do the doctors hypothesize about what it is? I mean, is it just purely genetic or is it a virus that went through the family? Were you all really stressed? Like, has anyone got any hypotheses? There's plenty of hypotheses. <laughs> yeah. Don't go on the internet. Yeah. I remember when this was happening, it was in the news saying it's something to do with dairy. Uh, but like, I, I know diabetics that don't drink dairy and koalas can get diabetes without yeah. dairy. So um, no, it's not dairy, 100%, yeah. but um, it's a virus that went through the house. Yeah. Now, it went through the house and then my... It, Are you, so you're sure about that? Like, you know, there was a virus? You've... Like, the internet is leaning towards virus. There's companies working yeah, okay. on um, sort of... The internet. The internet, the internet. Uh, but like, <laughs> I believe it because the virus did go through the house. It wasn't anything special. It could have just been a cold because my sister that didn't get it wasn't really in the house around that time. So we all got it. Then we, it just stayed latent that triggered us later over that two year yeah. period. So that's why it'd yeah. be such a hard 
thing to track down, figuring out what the trigger was. Anyway, that's mostly my perception. And it feels like out of all the hypotheses, feels right for me. And also yeah. to keep in mind, every mammal and marsupial can get type 1 diabetes. Yeah. I'm not sure about reptiles or birds, but as far as I know, there's definitely marsupials and mammals. So it's, yeah. a, yeah, it's yeah. a genetic thing triggered by viruses. Another weird twist on all this right now, where we're, while we're talking in the age of COVID, yeah. coronavirus can trigger type 1 diabetes. That's, that's what's coming out in the research right now. There's a lot of correlations that young children who have had coronavirus later develop type 1 diabetes. That's what the internet's saying at the moment. That's, that's a pretty quick turnaround, isn't it? I mean, I, it wouldn't surprise me because I would, I would um, unscientifically hypothesize that like anything that's messing with your immune system, because it's really just a malfunction, yeah. right? Your, your, your body looks at uh, these beta cells and doesn't recognize them. And it, it's sort of this chemical cascade. So I'd imagine, you know, many things could set it off. So I wouldn't be surprised that COVID could set it off. Yeah. I mean, is there anything COVID doesn't do that's terrible for the world? But anyway, that's, I thought that was pretty novel. So there could be an influx of type ones. So your mum and your other sister, are they nervous? No, not nervous. I think my mum's just trying to um, manage us all as best she can. And my sister is should be nervous because she's got a phobia of needles. So. And is there like, I mean, is there another household that you're aware of that has diabetes to this extent? Uh, not personally, but thanks to the internet, there are a couple of households that this has happened it's just genetic lottery yeah right and then being and then being triggered so i suppose you're lucky in some senses and you're all kind of lucky in some senses that you have that support that it's normalized that like i don't know you can be there for each other and you know i suppose that does make it a more positive experience definitely and that's why it was such a different experience when i when i started jumping into the type 1 diabetic community everyone was telling me or oh, i was getting a feeling that everyone's super isolated. I've met diabetics in the real world that I guess weren't sort of like their families that they didn't really have any support or anyone they could connect to. Whereas I had my whole family as a support group. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we yeah. all shared our experiences across the dinner table. So very different experience for myself. And yeah, I think that's why I really try to promote getting plugged into the type one community, let it be digital or reality. It's, <laughs> It's fantastic. You meet people that have all these experiences and you know you're not yeah. alone. Yeah, totally. And you do have positive attitude around all of this and you also do give back to the community quite extensively. Do you want to give us a little bit of a snippet of your adolescent experience? Like, and I suppose keeping in mind as well that like it's, it's, it's maybe different, like maybe you're on the spectrum of like having a particularly positive or maybe your attitude anyway to life, and maybe this was part of your, your, your upbringing, your family, it enabled you to kind of look at this thing quite positively because you do certainly like have, you know, a really optimistic, positive outlook around this whole thing. Whereas some people can actually go the other way, right? They can feel pretty shitty about what they've got and they can feel down and feel like that, you know, their life kind of sucks because they have this disease. Whereas that doesn't seem to be your, your outlook at all. Well, yeah, I think the deck was stacked the other way for me. I have not really experienced the serious downs of this condition and I've never had the chance to hide it either, which is that's the other trigger to like isolation because it's such a easy thing to hide that people are just, you know, want to go about be as normal as possible and go about their lives, especially if you're in high school or anything. 
However, all my mates knew yeah. what was going on. They knew my sister was a type 1 diabetic. I got back there and um, you had whole high school news. So I just went about my day going, hey, guys, diabetic, look out. So <laughs> I guess, like I said, my whole, if my, the whole deck was stacked in a different way from the start because I already knew how to speak French. I already, already knew how to manage it. I knew my possibilities. I knew that my life didn't have to change all that much. And it was the same year, and I think it was year nine, 16 year old, that I was like doing my surf lifesaving and doing a whole lot of other camps and things. And yeah, but it was a very tough year and lots of hypos. But um, I guess I was ignorant in that aspect where I didn't really think I couldn't do anything. It was just a matter of managing it. Yeah. So have there been any low lights for you? Oh, just maybe when I'm running out into the surf and then realize I'm hypoing and then have to run back out to eat something. There's been a few hairy moments now and again where I can't find any food or I left yeah. the insulin in the sun. So yeah. the low lights would more be around having to see specialists, doctors, and require insulin. But if anything, it's kept me on the straight and narrow, kept me healthy, yeah. Yeah. steered away negative things in life, like, I don't know, party drugs and everything. And yeah, I, I guess for me, the positives outweigh a few negatives. That's cool. Talking about interaction with the medical community, I'm always fascinated, actually, about understanding people's sort of interaction, partly because like, I haven't had a lot of interaction and, and what I have had hasn't necessarily been negative, but it's just been a little bit like, not that helpful, I suppose. Until recently, I found a great nurse educator recently and I've engaged a bit more with the community. So I'm a bit more interested in kind of staying engaged and the kind of, and, and finding CGMs as well. You're like, oh, there's technology that's coming. Maybe I should stay engaged because I'll find out about this stuff more quickly. So I've kind of, it's kind of led me to be a little bit more interested in the community. But before that, I was like, I didn't see anyone for ages because they, you know, the endos would just ask the same questions. Like, every time you go you spend the first half an hour answering the same questions you answered last time so i just went well this isn't really helpful for me so i didn't bother but um what's your general experience been like from the beginning with the with the medical community all right i'm having better i guess better relationships now than say when i first was diagnosed i guess when it came to the medical side of things uh self-crested cockatoos oh yeah i can hear them They're flying yeah. overhead. It's my spirit animal <laughs> well, perfect. Um, I'll, leave, I'll leave something out for them and they'll fly all around here. They're the best. Medical community, wasn't stoked with them at the start because I was, I guess, because I was self-diagnosed at a fairly low rate, um, low, low sugars. Yeah. I honeymooned for nearly two years. Um, no. And so they kept putting me on doses that weren't working out for me. And I speak to them and they were like, okay, try this, try that, try this. I'm like, it's not working. Doses too high or something? The doses were too high, so yeah. my sugars were always too low. Yeah, right. So I think from the start, I just stopped listening to them. I'm like, I get the yeah. game. I know how to play it. I'll just, I'm just going to do it myself because it's safer to do so. So I did that. I, I stopped listening to them and I had my long acting and I started just working it out that way. And you just had a long acting at the beginning, no, no short acting that needed. At, at the beginning, I had... Yeah, I've just had long acting unless I was having a very carby meal and I have a little bit of insulin yeah. and then I'd correct. Yeah. It was the safest thing to do rather than the, I think they had, it was on like 10 units of Nova Rapid every, you know, so many portions of carbs. Yeah. So I, yeah, I just had to take it into my own hands yeah. early on. 
And then recently, my GP just kept saying, you don't need any see any specialists, you see me. And I'm like, that's okay. All right, that's strange. Yeah, that, that's interesting, actually. What, what I make of that is that actually in the medical community, and I'm sorry, <laughs> this isn't against the medical community, but I think there is competition for treating diabetics. Because I think, we're, I think we're, we're worth something to the community. I think if you're, if you're managing a diabetic, you get a lot of contact and you, know, you get paid. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, so I think, and, yeah, and I think that I get, I get why GPs want to manage it because I think that you know, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a kind of softer, lower level style of management or it feels like that. You, know, you don't have to go into a hospital, you don't have to see a mm. specialist. You know, GPs can refer you on to eyes and um, your feet and so on and so forth. So you can kind of get the treatment and definitely. so on. So I don't, I don't mind GPs doing that, but I have noticed definitely competition for wanting to kind of get, you know, to, to, to manage the diabetics. Yeah, and I found it really ironic because I went to see him to get referred to an endo. So yeah. I was sort of like, oh, okay, well, if you're not going to push me forward, I'll yeah. uh, speak to you. And I, I, yeah, so I put together a bit of a local specialists with, you know, podiatry and eye yeah. checks and everything. So I've done, done it myself again there. But I do have a diabetic educator. I think it's important to check in with diabetic educators for a number of reasons, to, like you said before just so you know where the technology is at because yeah. they know what's coming into Australia. Once again, the internet's a bit different. And also they are ideal to get, I don't have it on me, but uh, insulin pens that aren't uh, disposable. Uh, the best place to go. Yeah. Oh, that are. Yeah, so not disposable. Yeah, that's it. I'm probably not, on, I'm only on camera when I speak. So I have to speak in order for people to see what I'm holding up. Oh. So, so that's like a, that's a, that's when you have a cartridge, yeah. right? It's still Nova Rapid, but you have like the, it's reusable. the cartridge that goes in. I, I don't use that. Yeah, it's reusable. I don't use those. I only use the, the disposable ones now. Uh, that's just been sitting in my fridge for ages and I got it out last night for a random reason. Perfect. Perfect example. However, like I've been trying to move away from the disposable ones only because of the waste, especially when you go camping or, you know, you're living in a small space or you're traveling. You want the yeah. cartridges that you can pack, not those pens which just take up so much more and then when you use them and they're done you've just got a piece of plastic so thanks um, man i now feel guilty <laughs> sorry, sorry to do that on, on camera <laughs> sorry. Um, sorry. i'll reconsider what i'm doing now <laughs> yeah so speak to your diabetic educator it's like a little diabetic hack here because they will have pens for you to have for free so get those yeah get the reusable pens yep that's the one yeah, i got that for free i got a few i got a few of those in the fridge still from years ago NHS, thank you. Yeah, great. Um, except the hardest part there is making sure the chemist and also the GP write the right script to get the cartridges because they're so used to handing out disposable pens. Yeah, I've had both happen where I've ordered uh, the cartridges and got the um, disposables or ordered the disposables and got the cartridges. It just, uh, yeah, you have to, I just, every time I'm in there, make sure, you, make sure it's this one, make sure it's this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so cool. So, and now, like, how often are you engaging in the medical community? And, like, what's the experience like? Uh, the experience is pretty good. I think I've worked it out for myself in a weird way. Like, um, if I have a problem, I know who to speak to. And if I'm curious about something, yeah. I know who to call. So, yeah. but at the same time, I don't use them as often as I should. I still go to the GP to get my HbA1c check every three yeah. to six months. What is it? I think I am 7.1. So I'm definitely aiming to get that down into the sixes. 
but like I, I think it fluctuates more than they let on because yeah yeah depending on your lifestyle and things change so you always have so, to be on top of it and what about your family do you all see the same doctors no we don't we go to we i think we're starting to no no we don't uh, i don't know you why don't. we we had a family doctor but he wasn't working out for any of us so we all kind of just did our own thing and found our own doctors that's kind of a strange dynamic there what about current management one like what to tell us you know what you're doing what what you've done and what you're doing i know i know you've got a libre on right now so it's a you know, it's a bit of a leading question, but um, but certainly curious to hear about like your whole experience with moving to CGMs, etc., and, and what you've tried and what's working, what's not. Yep, CGMs I think are the game changers for type one diabetics. I've tried pumps. I'm on pens. I'm currently using the Freestyle Libre. Um, I have the Night Rider or the Freestyle Libre to turn that into a CGM. Uh, however, mm. I don't use that that often because you have to keep changing the battery and it's very clunky and is that like one of the cat like a cap that fits on top of it around thing that's that's the one and the first issue yeah. i ran into is once it worked for one week and i got it all set up and it was great yeah i pulled it off and the freestyle lever was stuck in it and i couldn't couldn't use it again um until i worked <laughs> out how to pull them apart um, that's amazing. Th thanks to the internet someone came up with a solution so there is a way you, you sort of like dig out the back of the freestyle libre and then pop it out with a spoon but it's nice. not it's a bit of a design flaw personally i i will i think so so yeah right now managing with a flash glucose monitor uh which is the freestyle libre and pens and also just trying to eat low carb where possible yeah how's that going it goes okay sometimes you just want to eat more carbs um hell yeah <laughs> So, uh, yeah, you got to live and uh, also exercise. I'd say exercise is a big part of the management because that does keep my levels level. What are you doing exercise-wise? Yeah, I'm curious. I mean, I, I'm, I'm into a bit of exercise and, uh, yeah, it's like it's totally, it's a game changer for me, like for many reasons, right? Not just your blood sugar levels, just general day-to-day -day health, but like I just notice I need so much less insulin when I exercise consistently. And it, all, it almost tells me like, you know, like if I don't do a hard enough workout, I'll know because I won't need to take what I would expect to take insulin wise when I do do a hard enough workout. It really tells me whether I've shocked my body enough to kind of take it to that next level of um, needing less insulin, if that makes sense. Definitely. I think it's so important. Um, it also increases your insulin sensitivity. And I think that's what you were kind of leading yeah, on there, exactly. leading to there. And yeah, it just, it just activates the body. So everything's functioning at a much better rate and uh, you feel better about it. So I think it's good for mental. I think it's good for your insulin. And I think it's just good for overall health. And once you get into a rhythm, I think it's fantastic. So what do I do, I go for runs at the moment being in lockdown. And, um, but originally it'd be surfing and swimming as well, but I can't do any of that yet because there's no body of water to swim in within my five kilometers. Would you, I mean, we're getting a little bit off topic here, but just out of personal interest, sorry, audience, like from the Dandenong Ranges, how is there a surf beach? <laughs> yeah, yeah, good point. Well, as I led on to when I was 16, I did a surf lifesaving bronze medallion and I joined a surf yeah. club and nice. I go down to Phillip Island and surf and surf oh, lifesaving. Wow. So you're brave. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, it's a lot of fun. And yeah, I guess that's where you can find me every summer. Nice. That's fantastic. Okay. So actually one of the things I did want to touch on was um, you do a bit in and around the community, right? You, you give back quite a bit and you're engaged quite a bit with the community. Do you want to talk about your work and kind of like what your experiences have been? Sure. The community, I'm guessing we're talking about the type one diabetic community. Yeah. 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 It's been good. And let's just say the last few years, I think the last oh, five to seven years, the community's really exploded. So I just sort of dove in there after doing a solo trip around India just to share yeah. some things. And I was curious about what people were doing and how they were managing. But as soon as I jumped in there, I'm like, okay, cool. There's, there's a big group out there, a lot of social influences. And then I'm like, all right, but where, where are the Australian ones? And they're a bit harder to find, but there's more and more jumping on there every day. And there's so many people. Last year, March last year, um, yeah. I was thinking about, I want to do a meetup just to catch up with all the Melbourne folk with Type 1. Mm. It'd be great. Um, I'd love to do something that was real, not digital. Yeah. And I think I was just about to hit enter and I saw someone else that was really local actually put up that they wanted to do a meetup as well. I'm like, great. Got in touch with them right away. Um, and then we're like, let's do it. Let's promote it to our channels and let's catch up with everyone in Melbourne. And that was yeah. the launch of the Die Avengers. So <laughs> we created the Die Avengers group. That's almost as cheesy as Jacobetic. Well, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I can't take credit for the name. The name was actually done by Alex, one of our youngest members. And um, yeah, and uh, the, the Avengers Endgame and everything was coming out at the time. So it was very topical. Yeah, nice, and uh, nice. now we just still catch up and it's mostly young adults. And I guess once you get out of that adolescent, adolescent years, there is no support. There's no, there's no diabetic camps. There's no, you just sort of get left in the lurch, especially if you're diagnosed at 18 onwards. You're just like, great. I, the only diabetics I know and people I know are specialists. So um, the Die Avengers is sort of trying to get around that. And now we have Zoom meetings and it's actually been my main social life recently. So cool. I'm loving it. And I guess to give back, it's more, it's more that I'm diving in and loving everything everyone's doing in the community from T-shirts yeah. to... Is that a, a T-shirt you're wearing? Yeah. So this is um, today's One Difference. T1D, very subtly yeah. diabetic brand, um, done by Simon, who's a uh, local to Melbourne uh, guy. Yeah. And uh, I just get around him. There's a few great little diabetic brands popping up here and there with great designs. So can't help but prop. So that's a that's a brand by someone in Victoria, and they make, they just make t-shirts or they make other stuff. Yep, they've they've just they've just come out with a few cool little T-shirts with um, subtle. Let's see if you can spot it. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, it is subtle. Yeah, no, I can't see it. It's cool. Yeah, like you got you got the little blue circle, the T1D, and I, I like the idea because it's cool. It's it's subtly bringing that awareness. It's supposed to bring sort of start that conversation up if anyone ever wanted to know. And um, there's there's other ones. There's Insulin Addict which is uh, another brand in Tasmania. I've seen it's that super one. super rad. Yeah, cool. uh, yeah it's, a great, it's a great style, that one. It's like kind of got a bit of a, an 80s surf vibe. It kind of reminds me of this brand, Jean Jacques Surf. I don't know if you ever remember that brand, but way back. Jean Jacques? I, I know Jean Jacques, but I don't know about the brand. Yeah, let's talk yeah. there, right? 
It was, it was like, it was one of the very first Australian surf brands. It was called Jean Jacques Surf. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, no, I do love that retro style. So there you go. For those retro surf brand enthusiasts, get around. Uh... <laughs> Diabetic retro surf brand yeah. enthusiasts. What's, what is it? Insulin Addict, isn't it? Insulin Addict. So there's a few brands out there. It's just, it's just about supporting each other and um, yeah. getting around it and creating awareness. I mean, it's, it all, it's all great. I mean, it all comes back to help us out. So I'm, I'm very stoked. We'll, we'll start wrapping up. Is there any other, um, anyone, anything else we want to give a plug for in terms of the community? I think like the shout outs here are good because we're talking about little brands, right? Yeah. That aren't, aren't out there to make, you know, global profit kind of motives. Is there anyone else? So Insulin Addict, and what's the name of the guy with the t-shirt? This is today's One Difference. Uh, okay. So, yep. So that's Simon. Um, and I, I, I'd have to say the Type 1 Foundation, they're bringing together the community in Victoria and in Australia like none other. So definitely get around the Type 1 Foundation. They really support families and individuals who have diabetes and just making that whole process easier. The process of acceptance and um, access to information. So definitely get around the Type 1 Foundation and uh, just not a patch patch. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> just that's good, man. I like that. Well, you might as well show us, seeing as though you've mentioned it now. Ah, all right. I'll have to. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to take your whole shirt off, man. You can just, <laughs> you can take your whole shirt off if you want. <laughs> all right. So, before, like, I know it was on my arm not too long ago, as you oh, can yeah. see. And your patch on beautifully, loved it. <laughs> but recently moved it to my chest. I do yeah. move it around my body a bit, just in locations that work. Anyway, I'm, I'm going to have to show you. It is raining yeah. here, so. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Oh, dude, <laughs> look at you. <laughs> this is going to be the best dialogues episode ever, dude. <laughs> oh, I'll put this in the um, highlights. Jack of gets his shirt off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, all right, that's enough. That's the, enough. Hugh, the Hugh Grant of the Long Rangers. <laughs> oh, dude, what a highlight. <laughs> that's a great advertisement for not just a patch as well, by the way. Can you send me some photos? We'll put them on our Instagram page. Sure. Uh, I guess patches in other places uh, <laughs> can do. Um, but no, I'm just like the rest of the diabetic products and brands out there, it, it's like what you're doing. This is fantastic. These work really well. Before you, I was using Tegaderm film, which is more of a wound holder in a right and hold stitches yeah. together, where this works so much better for the Freestyle Libre. Um, yeah. It's breathable, it stays yeah. on, yeah. and it's easy to get the tape off if you need to replace it and put another one back on. So I'm very sorry. You're a legend. Product. You're a legend. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Dude, it's been awesome having you on. You are an inspiration for the community, I think. Uh, you know, you've got such a positive outlook and um, you're a great kind of example, I think, of, you know, a, a type of attitude that kind of um, takes it in his stride and gives back to the community. So um, appreciate you, you being a part of the, of the dialogues, man. Oh, look, Pete, I love what you're doing. I love this. Uh, I love your brand and I'm stoked to get to meet you and speak to you. It's been fantastic. Take it easy, my man. We'll speak soon. Take care. Thanks for listening, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe to our podcast to keep updated. Also, we love feedback and suggestions, and we love to hear from you. So let us know what you think.
We're brought to you by Not Just a Patch, the patch designed to keep your CGM stuck on you. Wishing you the loveliest of days. Goodbye.